Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, let's do that. So we got a NBQ&A from Matt, one of our longtime listeners, a.k.a. Ginger Spurs Boy, who is just, as you can imagine, over the... I'm getting emotional talking about it. (laughs) I can't say save that for the beginning of the episode. Yeah, (laughs) please do. I believe that was a uh, some sort of berry seed that found its way to the ah. the back of my uh, throat. So good times. Anyway, Force is hosted by Adam Amawala, and thanks for listening to this episode. <laughs> no, of that's that's the intro. Can't say we we overrule the previous. There, there's uh, going to be two. Put them both. Put them both. Yeah. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast about everything except for the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I'm joined by my trusted co-host, the Warriors fans in the past saying, fuck Chris Paul, to the Warriors fans in the present saying, hooray, Chris Paul. It's Adam Amawala. Adam, how's it going? It's going well. How the turntables? How the turntables indeed Chris Paul has been traded to the Golden State Warriors, one of many trades that happened recently. A lot of things went down in between us recording our last episode and even our last episode posting. We'll talk about a lot of these in Full Court Press today. But not only did Warriors fans used to say fuck Chris Paul, but apparently the players said fuck Chris Paul after one of those infamous Warriors versus Houston Rockets rivalry games from the mid-2010s. The Warriors chanted that as they eliminated the Rockets one season, so... The Warriors fans? You know, just a fun little uh, 180. Yeah, Warriors fans. Oh, you said the Warriors chanted that. Oh, no, I stood correctly. The the literal Golden State Warriors, as they went back into their locker room, as according to reports by Brian Windhorst this week, they chanted, fuck Chris Paul, on their way back into the locker room. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So now they have to quick, you know, delete all of their tweet history and all these things because yeah oh i love chris paul and i always have (laughs) listen people love winning more than anything so if chris paul can help Mm -hmm. them win i think that is what they value i think it is as well and let's get ready to talk about the various basketball things that we will be discussing in this episode by centering ourselves and the place that we like to center ourselves is the teal memorial locker room we're never saying fuck teal on our way to the teal memorial locker room very very pro teal sentiments all around on the way in on the way out inside the teal locker room always always good teal vibes you know who also always has really good vibes i would say our patrons It is our patrons, so shout out to our patrons who are supporting us and making this little thing we do possible. Shout out to Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them World Champion Denver Steam Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curvy for three. Mm, Bang. Hi, Trish, Nicole Arsenault, Stubby Boardman Gets Paid, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles Plays Ball, Naked Rachel, and Sydney Crosby is a vampire. Thank you all so much for supporting. It costs money to make this podcast, so for you to give money to us to make this free thing, we uh, appreciate you quite a whole lot. Indeed, indeed. I actually, that was kind of unintentional, leaving the world champion Denver Steam Nuggets in there. Uh, That was just a copy and paste from last week, but it it is kind of a nice nod to our interview for today. So a little preview there. Yeah, and the patron Lisa, who is Denver Steam Nuggets, she did say, I believe on Twitter, something to the effect of like, oh, would it be too much for me to leave that in? I don't think so at all. Oh, I I didn't even see that. You won the title. I'm fine (laughs) leaving it in until they are not champions anymore. So until there's a new champion next year and maybe it's them again, that's fine with me. 
look, you got the belt. Why not show it off? If the Knicks ever win a championship, I won't shut up about it for the rest of my life. Oh, you'll the rest be of my life, I will It's going to be a problem. Yeah. The rest of my life, I will be so annoying, but everyone will be okay with it because they know the pain that I've been through. It's like you with the Cubs. You can just dance on that forever. It's true. Forever. It's true. Mm-hmm. Now, you know what else is really nice to have? Getting dough from sponsors, man. It is really nice to have sponsors and the dough that they provide. That's usually the thing that we like the most about them. But we do have a sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is Shaker and Spoon. If you're looking to celebrate something or just have a fun night in or having people over, you know, holiday weekend stuff coming around, maybe you want to have some folks over for the 4th of July and you want to do more than just buy some beer, well, you can do Shaker and Spoon. Shaker and Spoon is a delivery service that sends you a box of ingredients and instructions to make a bunch of different cocktails, all with the same alcohol. All you got to do is supply the bottle of booze and they supply everything else. It is simple. It is easy. It makes you look really cool. And because you're a horse listener, you can get a discount. If you go to shakerandspoon.com slash horse, you'll get $20 off your first box and boxes are usually between 40 and 50 bucks. So that's about half off. Pretty good deal by my math. So head on over to shakerandspoon.com slash horse if you want to be a fancy person today. Yeah, do that. What's a good red, white, and blue cocktail? You could do a little margarita, but with like strawberry and blueberry or something mm-hmm. in there, you know, a little muddled fruit drink. Maybe if you want to get throwing r- a little blue curacao. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue curacao, which is just the adult version of blue raspberry where they're yeah. like, I want this drink to be blue. So please put this in it. Like, does it look like antifreeze? It sure does. <laughs> mm, Windex. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Now, at this point, you will also hear words from a few sponsors who make it feasible for us to make this podcast as well. Some of those ads will be read by us, such as from our new sponsor, AG1. Other ads won't be read by us. Those are inserted locally, so they might be in your country's native language or about the city you live in. Once those ads are complete, we'll continue this episode of Horse. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay, Adam, now that we've heard from other sponsors, what do you have going on in your life? Well, what do I have going on in my life? Just more doing stand-up and having fun and living life. Undercover Comics still out on Amazon Prime. We may start yeah. advertising that pretty soon. You just completed it. I did. And I think you largely enjoyed it. I you know, I do expect your honest mm-hmm. feedback, perhaps off the air, but uh, I think you you mostly <laughs> liked it. What did, you, what did you think about it? It's good. It's fun. The episodes are really easy to get through in terms of enjoyment level and also length. They're like 22 minutes, but even the credits is a chunk of that. So like you can blitz through the six episodes episode season quite quickly. Kelly and I just made a routine of it of basically when we sat down to eat dinner, we popped on an episode and it lasted, you know, about the time it would take to eat a meal, which was very nice. And then six days later, we finished. There it was very go. fun. You get to see Adam acting and stand-up comedianing and doing a little tiny bit of basketball in there too. Ooh. Just a little just bit. A li- just a little bit. Just a little, little bit in the uh, little story of park hoops. You yeah. may or may not be wearing a cut-off sleeve shirt. Mm-hmm. Ow, ow. 
And that also featured a cameo from Bobby Friedman, who we had on the show. Yes. So he had exactly. his little Alfred Hitchcock moment uh, popping in there for mm-hmm. uh, for a short scene. But yes, that is still on Amazon Prime. It will hopefully be streaming for free very soon on Roku and uh, and other places. But other than that, continuing to book out my stand-up schedule. I think I've mentioned before that I have some dates in Chattanooga, Tennessee. That's going to be in August. I'm going to be in Jamestown, New York for the Lucille Ball Comedy Festival. Um, that's the first weekend of August. I'm working on a Chicago date, hopefully Boston and DC to come as well, and then ongoing stuff in New York. But you can find out about all that stuff by social media at Adam Amawala or at my website, adamamawala.com slash standup. And uh, if you haven't already signed up for my mailing list, tell me where to mm-hmm. perform and uh, get an email like once a month with me just letting you know what I have going on. What about you? Got the same live shows that I had mentioned before, Hartford in the middle of July, and then got a little Midwest run in August going to do Chicago and Milwaukee and Minneapolis. But also when I'm there in the Midwest, something I've been talking about a lot, I'm going to be at LeakyCon, which is now beyond just a Harry Potter convention, just a general nerdy convention. We'll be there the whole weekend. I'll be doing stuff for Potterless and the News Olympian. It'll be fun. And I believe if you use the promo code Potterless when you get tickets at LeakyCon.com, you can get 10% off. I'm not positive, but that's usually what they do. So head on over there and do that if you want to see me doing a whole bunch of stuff. I'll be very busy that weekend doing lots of things but that's how I prefer to do conventions. If I'm going to be out there, I want to do stuff. I don't want to sit around. Come on. So you can check me out doing stuff there. So Very with cool. all of that complete, shall we get into uh, NBQ&A? Yes, our NBQ&A today comes from a longtime listener, Matt, a.k.a. Ginger Spurs Boy, who, as you can imagine, is through the moon. He's through things. He's so in cloud nine. Yeah. He is swimming on cloud moon. about Victor Wembanyama. But the question that we got was, so since becoming a bigger basketball fan, I've been hearing more about large market versus small market teams. Can y'all, ooh, definitely from Texas, can (laughs) y'all explain a bit about the factors that decide market size? For instance, I know that my beloved San Antonio Spurs are considered a small market team, but I don't understand why, given how San Antonio is the seventh most populous city in the U.S., I think it's a pretty straightforward answer here. It really just comes down to how much money they spend and what their overall budget is. It has nothing to do with the size of the city itself and everything to do with the money that they spend on players. Right. And it's usually more about like the money that the market will bring in as a whole. So there's a couple of different factors. You will have the size of the city be a factor, but then it is also in terms of like how much media attention they get, like naturally the Los Angeles Lakers and the New York Knicks and the Boston Celtics and the Chicago Bulls are going to get more media attention just because they are these legacy franchises that have been around for a while and have been good for a while. So that is a factor. And then it's also kind of just like, just sort of the vibe around the team. It's weird because like certain things can change, for example, and certain things can change in a city. Like the Golden State Warriors used to be considered a small market team, but then they got good and Silicon Valley money got poured in even when they were in Oakland. Now they're in San Francisco. They would be considered a large market team now. Miami's always this weird thing where they're like, not, but then they are, but then things kind of changed when LeBron, Wade, and Bosch teamed up to go there. So it's this interesting thing of small market versus big market, like not having hard and fast rules. It's usually just kind of like a vibe check. And it's basically like, are you in a glitzy, glamoury city or not is usually what it comes down to. And oftentimes the owner of the team usually goes along with the city. Like the Los Angeles Clippers are now owned by Steve Ballmer, who puts in a ton of money into the team in terms of like paying for the contracts. And now they're building a new arena and stuff like that. And usually the teams that are in those fancier cities cost more to buy because they generate more money in terms of like TV deals and jersey sales and stuff like that. And then usually if you want to buy those teams, you have to have more money. So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of thing. But yeah, the easiest answer is vibes. Yeah, that's a really good point about viewership and TV deals. Um, I actually found an article from hoopsocial.com that lists the 2022 NBA market size rankings, and it lists them in order of how large the TV market size is. So large NBA markets are considered over 2 million homes. Medium markets are between 1.5 and 2 million homes. And then small market teams are, including the San Antonio Spurs, are less than 1.5 million homes. Just off the top of your head, what would you guess is the biggest market or like the top few markets? Because I feel like it kind of lined up with what I thought it was. 
got to be New York just because population density and just not a lot of teams right. in the area aside from New York. I would say the Los Angeles ones as well. Mm-hmm. Lakers, maybe Clippers, but like definitely Lakers. I'd say Bulls. I would say I would give it to the Heat. I would call them a big market, especially because there's no income tax. So that's always a big pull for the players to go there. And then definitely the Warriors. This is just in terms of like TV market size. So you were yeah. you were right. So number one, it's the Knicks and Nets and that market, which includes a metro population of almost 20 million people. And the mm-hmm. TV market size is 7.4 million. Then the Lakers and Clippers, then the Bulls. The Mavericks are actually number five, which I think I was is kind of interesting. I mean, I guess Dallas is kind of a, a large area. Mm-hmm. But yeah, San Antonio is listed at 24th overall at a little over a million for the TV market size. But yeah, hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, I wonder what Ginger Spurs Boys' metric was for larger cities. San Antonio might be like size largest, but population density, I would not guess it would be a top seven city in the U.S. So I think that's probably a factor is like right. number of people is a factor. Yeah. And like New York City, for example, just in the top half of Manhattan. So the top half of one of the boroughs of New York, there's more people there than there is in all of North Dakota. Yeah. So that's cool. And that's normal as to why we have the same amount of senators or by that, I mean more in the other state. Let's keep it about basketball. <laughs> Tell you what, though, Wemby's money is going to go a lot farther in San Antonio than it would have in New York. That is true. Save that tax money. He will be living large. He's going to be fine. He's going to have so much money. He's going to be really good at basketball. (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. But I I would think like LeBron, he already has or is going to have a shoe deal before he even plays the game. Oh, oh, yeah, he'll be fine. He'll be totally fine. They'll all be fighting for him if they haven't already had that fight already. The only other thing I will say with markets, big market, small market doesn't matter in terms of the championship equity. The Nuggets are a small market team and they won. The Bucks are a small market team. They won recently. The Raptors, I would consider them small market. They won recently. Like you don't have to be a large market team. It really just comes down to like the owner appetite because now, especially with the new CBA, there's all these penalties. If you pay a bunch, that's the kind of thing where it's like, oh, ah, is it going to be okay? Is this owner going to be comfortable paying the money to afford the team? And that can be a factor. Now, with MBQ&A complete, let's get into Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? Let's do it. And news there has been. Oh, there is so much news. Now, I did post a 10-minute thing of me just rambling about the news that happened solely in between when we recorded last and posted last. So if you want to hear anything in more extended terms in terms of like the John Moran stuff and the Bradley Beal stuff, you can go to the Patreon and check it out there. It's available for all patrons five bucks and above. But let's talk about the other news as much as we can get into because boy, oh boy, there's so much news. There's a lot of stuff. Let's get the John Moran stuff out of the way so we can talk about fun things. Yeah. John Morant, we had talked about him in the past, his most recent gun-related issue where he was on a friend's Instagram Live and he showed the gun. He got a 25-game suspension, which I think probably makes sense given what we've seen in the past. Gilbert Arenas got 50 games for actually bringing a gun into the locker room, and then John Morant got it for posting it on Instagram, and then... Adam Silver was interviewed about it, and he said that some of the factors were that this was a repeat offense and that they want to set him straight, kind of stuff like that, where, like, it wasn't just the act of him posting a gun video on Instagram Live, but more of it's becoming an issue, it's something that they don't want to get any worse, where it gets actually dangerous and stuff like that, so they seem to have, like, taken more into account. But, I don't know, I think it's fine, I think it's, again, not what you want from a star player, so hopefully... He will learn and not do this stuff again because it's just wholly unnecessary and above all else. Just surround yourself with better people, with people who care about you and about your livelihood. And and frankly, you'd think that even if it were people who had ulterior motives and wanted to mooch off of John Morant, they would be smart enough to know that this is not a good way to do it because it's costing him a ton of money. And I don't know exactly what the status is in terms of his sponsorships with shoe brands and Powerade and all that stuff, but it's not helping. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And even his friend who's doing the video, he hid the camera once Job pulled out the gun. So like even some of his friends are trying to help him out. So hopefully this can just be a thing of the past and a blip on the radar of his career and not like a defining characteristic. So yes. that's the John Morant stuff. But 
That aside, there were a whole bunch of trades that were going on and went on before the draft. First off, Bradley Beal got traded to the Phoenix Suns for just like a bunch of second round picks and first round pick swaps, which is when you can trade positions for the pick if you want to, if the other team has a better pick than you. The reason that this was the trade is that Bradley Beal had a no trade clause, which is a very rare thing that exists in contracts, but some players will be given a no trade clause, which is basically if a team wants to trade you to a team, you can say no, unless it's a team you like, effectively getting to determine what potential teams you get traded to. And Bradley Beal said, hey, the Suns have good players. Can I go to the Suns? I'll say no to everyone else. And it seemed like it was only going to be the Suns or the Heat and the Suns won out. And now he's a member of the Phoenix Suns. And part of that trade was Chris Paul. And Chris Paul got traded to the Wizards where Bradley Beal used to play, and then the Wizards traded Chris Paul to the Golden State Warriors. So all of this now has Bradley Beal on the Suns and Chris Paul on the Warriors, veterans going to good teams, and uh, it'll be spicy. But the Suns now have a starting lineup that has (laughs) Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton. Yes, they have a lot of offensive firepower, defense not exactly there, and they don't really have a point guard anymore because they traded Landry Shamit in the trade as well, and Chris Paul, who were their two point guards. Well, I guess they do have campaign Bulls yeah. legend. Yeah. So they've got some stuff, and I guess Devin Booker will kind of be the point guard, kind of like James Harden was with the Rockets. So it should be okay. But I don't know. It's a good team, but they don't. Have there's to- still time. There's still time for them to acquire someone. That's the. That's the thing. That's where maybe D Rose. And, ooh, and yep, he's not on the Knicks anymore, which will be fine. I don't care. I don't want to have to pretend to like him. So I think it'll be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see now that we have some of the powerhouse teams, which teams are going to get the uh, old guys who are ring chasing and who wants to go because they can go to the Nuggets, they can go to the Suns, they can go to the Warriors. There's a couple of uh, high profile teams to join. And I wonder where some of those folks will end up and if they will contribute in meaningful ways. But yeah, Chris Paul on the Warriors is going to be interesting. I had a thought that a lot of other people had. Just him and Draymond Green on the same team, chaotic. Draymond Green is not technically a member of the Warriors yet because he is an unrestricted free agent, so he can sign with other teams. Most likely, he'll probably be back on the Warriors. But if you are an NBA referee or a player's private groin area, I would be afraid of the Warriors because if there's anything that Chris Paul and Draymond Green share history of, it's yelling at referees and hitting dudes in the nats. And it's going to be an interesting game anytime you play the Warriors. (laughs) Yeah. We haven't even talked about, and and maybe you did this on the Patreon, but Marcus Smart no longer on the Celtics. We've got uh, Kristaps Porzingis. Mm -hmm. Is uh, has been traded to the Celtics. What did you think of that move? That was very surprising. Very, very surprising. I'm glad that Perzingis is not on the Knicks because there were rumblings of him coming back, and that could have just been a mess. He used to be on the team. He broke my heart. He's now apologized for his foolish ways, but, like, I'm sorry, dude. But him being on the Celtics, it's funny because he got traded to them. He didn't pick it, but I'm still like, oh, you're on Boston now? Fuck you, dude. Like, I, it makes me even angrier. But <laughs> yeah. the Marcus Smart thing is very surprising because Marcus Smart is like the heart and soul of the Celtics. I feel the same way, He's yeah. a fan favorite player. He dyes his hair green. Like, he's been on the Celtics for so many years. I think it just came down to the Celtics had other people that they wanted to trade most namely Malcolm Brogdon, and they tried to do a trade with Malcolm Brogdon, but then the Clippers got his medical records and said, ew, gross, and they Mm. canceled the trade before it was official. So I think it was just a matter of, like, he's the only guy that they could trade, and now Marcus Smart is on the Grizzlies, who were in need of a point guard for at least 25 games. So they made the trade for Marcus Smart. I wonder if he's going to dye his hair like that teal that is the Memphis Grizzly color. We'll have to see. Maybe his green will kind of naturally fade into that color anyway, and we won't have to do anything. (laughs) I feel like that must have been a real gut punch for him because I totally agree. Like Mm -hmm. He truly embodies what the Celtics seem to stand for and what they care about and and somebody who like really wants to be on that team specifically. So Mm -hmm. I guess it would have to be the finals, but wouldn't it be interesting if there were ever a a Grizzlies-Celtics finals? Because I feel like he would take it personally, a la Michael Jordan. Yeah, he was quoted as saying that he was blindsided by it. He didn't see it coming. And the Celtics have a bit of a history of doing this, which is Mm -hmm. an interesting dynamic that you'll see some teams either embrace or reject. Some teams want to be perceived as 
the team that does right by certain players and they will do things like sign people to contracts even if they're not contributing. Look at Udonis Haslam on the Heat. Mm -hmm. Look at some of the contracts that the Mavericks gave to Dirk Nowitzki when he was later in his career or the Lakers did to Kobe where, you know, you pay more than you should for someone that means more to the team from like a sentimental value. Right. But on the flip side, the Celtics have traded beloved figures or figures that like gave a lot to the team. Famously, this happened when they had Isaiah Thomas, the good Isaiah Thomas, who has the extra A in his name and is short and good at basketball and doesn't sexually assault women. Isaiah Thomas was on the Celtics and he like came back early from injury and then re-injured himself in the playoffs and his career was never the same. And then the Celtics traded him that offseason. And then now you see the Celtics doing this again, but with Marcus Smart, slightly different circumstances. But you just see the Celtics being like very cold and calculated, much like me when I'm a general manager on NBA 2K, the video game. But like, that's a video game. It's okay. I'm not going to hear from the fans. So it's a little different. So for the Celtics to do this twice now, it's one of those things where, you know, if you're a big free agent and you're trying to sign this big contract, do you think twice about being with the Celtics? Because at a certain point, and this becomes a factor when you're older in your career, at a certain point, players try to either stay with the same team or at least in the same area because your kids are older, your kids are in high school. Like Mm -hmm. Chris Paul didn't want to play for any other team that wasn't in the West Coast. That's why he went from the Clippers to the Suns, now back to the Warriors. Like you don't want to be far away from your family. So like if you are thinking of what team you want to go to, do you really want to like set up shop in Boston? Because what if they ship you away when they deem you unnecessary? So it's, it's very interesting that they traded him. Yeah. I've heard of people being shipped up to Boston, but they're shipping people out of Boston. (laughs) But yeah, I was super surprised, as was the NBA world. I'm sure Celtics fans are displeased, but I don't really associate with many of those people. (laughs) No, 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 no. But yeah, I do think Marcus Smart is very synonymous with the Celtics in my mind. It was the most shocking trade I can recall since DeMar DeRozan was traded from the Raptors in the Kawhi Leonard trade because he was like Mr. Mm -hmm. Toronto. And sure. he's spoken about how heartbreaking that was for him. And obviously it worked out for the Raptors. They won a championship. They got a better player. But I think that people forget sometimes the human element of the game and and that people mm-hmm. get attached to a certain place in a certain city. And I felt kind of bad for Marcus Smart, honestly. I feel like what more could you do to prove to a team that you belong somewhere? Yeah. And the difference between those situations is... Yes, it was sad for Toronto fans to see DeMar DeRozan go, but you got Kawhi Leonard right. at peak Kawhi Leonard Way better time. than Kristaps Porzingis. Kristaps Porzingis and two first-round picks from the Grizzlies. Like, it logistically makes sense in terms of their team. Like, they needed a stretch wing, and then they need rookies because they're about to give Jalen Brown a bunch of money, and sometimes the best way to fill out your roster is with rookie contracts because they are the least expensive, mm-hmm. and they don't count against the cap in the same way as signing players do. So like from a sensical standpoint, it did make a lot of logical sense. But yeah, the heart is just not there. And the return is like, okay, so it's this guy who's okay, had a good year last year, but has injury history. And then two teenagers like, okay, for Marcus Smart, my favorite player, question mark. You know, that's the saddening thing of it. Now, the NBA draft also happened. I don't know that there's too much to discuss there because it wasn't like the spiciest. Are there particular things for the draft that you wanted to bring up? I mean, this isn't dramatic, but I think it's incredibly cool that twin brothers got drafted fourth and fifth. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, that's just an amazing story. Mm -hmm. Uncool, though, as we talked about in our group chat, both of their middle names are Excellency, but spelled all caps X-L-N-C. It does make me wonder the kind of parents they have when you, like, put that on your kids. Here's the question, though. Excellency is also an interesting middle name. Fine. What is the purpose of spelling it that way? Like, what does that accomplish? Why do you have to act like you're the newest model of Mazda? Like, the Mazda excellent. Like, why do you have to spell it that way? You're a human being. You Like, are they saving on character counts? I don't get it. I do not have that answer for you, but it was still okay. cool that they were drafted back to back. Yes, it was. Amen Thompson went to the Rockets fourth overall. And is it Osser? I do not know because I do not watch college basketball. Yeah. I will learn it once they start saying his name in NBA games. One funny note. So obviously the, the Spurs drafted Victor Wembanyama first overall, which was a shock to no one. Did you see his first pitch of the Yankee game, by the way? 
Wembenyama? Oh, it was really bad. Terrible. But then again, like it's probably like us holding a golf ball and trying to pitch it. Like his hands are so when he shook Adam Silver's hands, it looks like if you or I held like a five year old's hand. Yeah, or if I had one of the little baby hands, like these little guys. Oh, like Kristen Wig. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Oh yes, thank you, Mr. Silver. Hmm. Yeah. So the one thing I wanted to mention that I thought was really funny was that the number two overall pick, Brandon Miller, uh, who played at college ball at Alabama, he went to the Hornets. But um, he was interviewed before the draft, and he was uh, <laughs> he made news because they asked him like, "Oh, LeBron or, or Jordan for your goat pick," and he was like, "Neither, Paul George," which is such a an interesting choice. That's not to say that Paul George mm-hmm. isn't great. But he's no one's goat. He's never been anyone's goat. No, not really. I wonder, was Brandon Miller trying to not get drafted by the Hornets? Because he said two things against Michael Jordan before the draft. Michael Jordan, who used to own the Hornets, but is selling them, but hasn't finalized it yet, but still had say over who they drafted. It's weird. He's in the process of selling the Hornets. And I wonder if Brendan Miller was trying to go number three. I mean, look, if I had to choose between the Hornets and getting to be Damian Lillard's teammate, because mm-hmm. number three was the Blazers, I would also say mean things about Michael Jordan in hopes that he took it personally and didn't draft me. Listen, if that was uh, if that was Brandon Miller's plan, he should have said that his goat is uh, Scottie Pippen. Oh, that would have been good. Yeah. Also with Brandon Miller, I do think it's important to bring this up, and it wasn't brought up enough in the draft coverage. He gave a gun to someone who used the gun and then murdered someone. Like, I think that should be brought up more in the draft coverage. And Malika Andrews brought it up at one point, like, oh, he was under fire because he brought a gun to someone who then that night used it to kill somebody. And the people are like, oh, why don't you just like leave that out of this? Like, I don't know. That's an incredibly relevant conversation to have. Like a big thing with drafts is always like, oh, are these guys good character guys? Are they going to have a good attitude? Like, I don't think this guy showed examples of uh, good decision making. So I think it's super normal and should be talked about more. It was weird how much you're like, yeah, Brandon Miller, will he be a good fit? Like, oh, Brandon Miller helped facilitate a murder. Can we please bring that up more? Like, that's wild that it was so swept under the rug just because this guy's good at basketball. Yeah, I'm looking at this now. I didn't know a lot about it. I mean, he was never charged for it, which is not to say that it didn't happen. Yeah. The thing that I have heard from it, because I read about it when the draft was going along, was that he had somebody else's gun, like his teammate on Alabama. And then that guy texted him like late at night saying like, hey, can you give me the gun back? And then he dropped off the gun with this dude who was drunk, and then that dude shot a single mother. And that guy is now, like, in trouble and stuff. And then they brought this Brandon Miller to trial or whatever, and he was not found guilty. But, like, regardless, that's poor decision-making. Like, maybe don't give a weapon to a guy who's drunk and potentially angry at midnight. I don't know, man. So I think it's whack that that was not really covered a lot in the draft. I I just hate the world where it's like, oh, this guy's good at basketball, so we don't have to really talk about any like personal stuff. And there's too much of that. Well, look at look at Miles Bridges. I mean, it's, well, yeah. he's thankfully still out of the league. Yeah. Like, I'm very pleasantly surprised he has not found his way back onto a team. Given that, like, apparently, if you have domestic abuse, you can be a coach of the NBA. Three out of the coaches are domestic abusers. So ten percent of coaches have a domestic abuse history. Super fun. So uh, I just, I, it was disappointing in the draft coverage that they were just like, yeah, he's a basketball fit. Like, hmm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So him thinking Paul George is the goat is not Let the Paul worst George thing. be his goat. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> also poor decision-making. Like there's many factors. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to worry about his performance, if he doesn't do well, oh man, um, I'm not rooting for him. I'll root for Scoot Henderson, who has a cool name. Scoot Henderson is a cool name. It's true, <laughs> and he gets to play with Dame. He does get to play with Dame, as long as Dame stays on the Blazers. That's and true. that's a whole thing that we will probably be talking about in future Full Court Presses. It's like, there's all this hubbub and rumors of, is Dame going to stay? Is he going to ask for a trade? Are they going to try to trade? There were all the rumors of, will they trade the third pick? And blah, 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 blah. So there's going to be a lot of Blazers scuttlebutt up until, like, it's going to be, if you're a Blazers fan, I'm very sorry. I, I'm very sorry for you right now because it's just going to be constant rumors and drama and speculation and Brian Windhorse finger wagging and all <laughs> sorts of stuff. It's not the most relaxing time to be a Blazers fan, I would say. Yeah, it is not. But uh, there was one more bit of news. Did you get a chance to look it up? I did, but you're more well-versed in it. So please, this is the perfect happy palate cleanser note to discuss because it's very interesting in a fun question marky way. 
Exactly. So Asia Wilson, who is a, a star WNBA player who plays for the Las Vegas Aces, she was tweeted at recently by Mikkel Bridges, who plays for the Brooklyn Nets. Let me get the story straight here. So Mikkel Bridges tweeted at Asia Wilson and, and tagged her and said, when's the next game? Question mark, question mark, question mark. And Wilson quote tweeted it and said, please leave me alone. We cool over here. So just really put it to bed. And this was uh, preceded by a tweet where Asia Wilson said, LMAO, ah, hell, these weird guys about to be in my mentions. Upset emoji, barf emoji. Yes, I think that was afterwards. So she tweeted a thing kind of making fun of McCall Bridges. And then she was like, oh, no, a bunch of NBA fans who like either McCall or the Nets or both are going to be mad that I shot down his attempt, which to my read seemed like a joking attempt. Like, I think they're friends. Like, I think this was like a joke sort of thing. I the think Nets so too, and the yeah. Liberty are owned by the same ownership group. So I'm sure there's lots of crossover between McCall Bridges was at, I think, the Liberty versus Aces game. And I think that's what he was tweeting about. Like after that game, asking Asia when the next game is. So I think they're friends. Like, I don't think this is, you know, a genuine thing where she's like, ew, gross. I think she's messing with him, which then begs the question, is she actually flirting with him? Like, it's always like, a huh, you know. Well, I'm going to send you this, which is really funny. So I guess earlier in the year, Mikhail Bridges had tweeted at her, what's up, bestie, and tagged her. Mm-hmm. And then she responded, did you mean to at me? Question mark, question mark, question mark, upside down, Spanish question mark, with a really funny The gift. fact that she had the four upside down question marks yeah. is really, really good. And then I think, didn't she also tweet something in this most recent one where he asked when the schedule was, didn't she tweet something to the effect of like, just Google it or something? I don't Which know. I think is the very whole thing was funny because he totally could have done it. But uh, my favorite response to it in the whole thread was that somebody had, had replied with this clip of Patrick Ewing from when he was a coach at Georgetown. I don't know if you've seen this clip before, but it was just Patrick Ewing talking to one of his players, and he's like, have you shot that shot before? Where did that shot come from? Have you ever <laughs> shot that shot before? It was a perfect response to Mikel Bridges, jokingly or seriously shooting his shot. So I like it. I'm all here for it. I love NBA and WNBA crossover. It's really fun to see how much the players from each league like each other and respect each other. And it's cool when NBA players talk about how good WNBA players are and how fun the games are because it is. And it's really nice because as Asia tweeted about, there's just so many weird reply guys out there that are like so hell bent on Mm -hmm. just really replying nasty things to anything that ESPN or any news sports outlet will post about the WNBA. It's like, you don't have to reply stuff. And I got into like weird stuff when Sue Bird's Jersey retirement thing was going on. Megan Rapino, her fiance said something in the speech being hyperbolic said like, congratulations to you on having arguably the greatest career out of any athlete. And of course, Bleacher Report to try and get engagement, like posted a clip of that. And then, Everyone in the comments was arguing like, oh, this is a ridiculous thing to say. It's like Megan's her fiance and she's at her Jersey retirement thing and she's going to say nice things about her. Like, it doesn't matter. We don't have to be like, oh, well, if you look at Sue's points per game, like, oh, my gosh, shut up. It's so stupid. Well, it's always funny the twists and turns those take where like somebody will jump in and be like, it's obviously Michael Jordan. What are you talking about? And then someone comes out of left field. and They're like, it's clearly Michael Phelps. And like, we're we're not going to get anywhere with this conversation. It's just so pointless why can't we just appreciate people who are good at stuff and not try to like make these comparisons that don't make any sense like the nba and the wnba like the scoring averages are different and in certain sport like even within basketball it's like the games aren't the same length and there's not as many games in the season it's so stupid why can't we just like people who are good so when nba and wnba has good crossovers and stuff i like it and you know what if mccall and asia wilson start dating whoo That'd be fun. Sure. Really fun. Come on. It'd be good. Also, that sentence worked in more ways than what you're like when the NBA and WNBA have crossovers. I like it. Also true in terms of the move, the crossover. It's good. It's good. Let's get more crossover content. There should be more NBA and WNBA stuff like together at the All-Star game like they used to do. They used to do that shooting stars thing where they had one NBA player, one WNBA player and one legend, like an old person Mm -hmm. like. Dominique Wilkins or whatever, and then they would compete in little, like, shooting things. That's fun. Do more of that. Let's get, like, mixed doubles in tennis, but NBA. Let's get two-on-two. Give me, like, Kelsey Plum and Steph Curry against 
Brianna Stewart and, you know, Clay Thompson. Like, come on. It'd be fun. It'd be really fun. I totally agree. Also, quick note before we wrap this up here for Full Court Press. I know you hate pickleball, as do I. I do. I hate it with all my heart. And Celia, my girlfriend, uh, I've been talking to her about pickleball as I continue to complain about it. And she sent me an article from Forbes this morning that's titled pickleball injuries cost Americans nearly $400 million this year and seniors are hit the hardest. So it's not that safe after all. I'm spreading okay. anti-pickleball <laughs> propaganda on the podcast. Just play tennis if you're going to get hurt anyway. Here's my rule. If you've not had any sort of surgery to your lower extremities, mm-hmm. play tennis. If you've got knee stuff, you've got ankle stuff, go for it. But like, all this is to say, if people are playing pickleball, cool. But when it's like, when it's becoming the new like brunch activity for people in their 20s, like just play tennis. Just play tennis. If I show up to the tennis court and I have my tennis equipment with me and you are playing pickleball, I get to use the tennis court. I'm not going to just let you play beer pong on my ping pong table when I'm That's... here to play ping pong. If I'm not using it, you can use it. <laughs> That's my biggest concern because one of my buddies, Eric Schneider, I was in Cleveland with him and people were playing pickleball on tennis courts and I was angry. And he was like, what's the deal? And I was like, we're just afraid that they're going to get rid of tennis courts because you can play pickleball on less room. So I'm just afraid that tennis courts are going to get converted into pickleball courts and then I won't actually be able to play tennis. And there's already like not that many tennis courts out there in parks. So I'm just like preemptively freaking out about a tennisless world. I don't think and, it's and an overstatement it in, to say it's an epidemic. It's not ideal. Look, and we've had a problem with it. Come on. Like, we know how bad pandemics can be. But, like, to put it in basketball terms, it would be like if people started acting like knockout was a different sport. And it's like, right. oh, do you want to play free throws? Like, that's a warm up for the sport. Come on. It's true. But in fairness, you and I, we get to interrupt any pickup game to play horse whenever we want because we have that. Privilege. Oh, well, that's because we host this podcast. Right. But speaking of this podcast, that concludes Full Core Press Get It Like the News. And now we can get into what will close out this episode, which is a very fun interview with a Denver Nuggets fan. You want to talk a little bit about that and tee it up, Adam? Yes, absolutely. So this is an interview with a, a comic that I met for the first time a couple of months ago. He featured for me, which if you don't know stand up terminology, that means like he was the comic before me uh, when I was headlining at a club out in Boulder. Colorado. Really nice guy. Huge, huge, huge Nuggets fan. Uh, I was out there during the semifinals and he was all jacked up and jazzed about the Nuggets. It uh, it ended up happening for him. And much like our previous guest, James Hamilton, he was psyched. He got to go to the parade. So we talked to him a little bit about his life as a Nuggets fan and also what it was like to see some very intoxicated Nuggets players at the parade and much more. So here it is. All right. So as previously mentioned, we have a, a very special interview with a friend of mine and someone who was at the Denver Nuggets Championship Parade. Met this dude a couple months ago. He featured for me at a at a little comedy club out there in Boulder, Colorado. He and I are both half Indian. We both look Mexican. It's a very confusing <laughs> thing for both of us, honestly. But really, really great dude. Really funny comic out there in uh, Colorado and a huge Nuggets fan who is Pretty damn happy right now, I would imagine. Thad B, everybody. What up, Thad? (laughs) Extremely happy. You could say extremely happy. (laughs) Happiest I've ever been, actually. (laughs) You could say that. Uh, Happy happy to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Not a problem. Happy to have you. Of course. Now, yeah, when when you and I met, it was during the conference finals. You were stressed out because if it had gone to a, uh, or no, maybe it was a previous series, but either way, it was like, if it had gone to a game seven, you wouldn't have been able to watch because of Mother's Day. And you were like, this is not going to be. A good situation for me. <laughs> that was the semi. Oh, the Phoenix yeah. against yeah, Phoenix, yeah, yeah. and that was the that was the toughest series for the Nuggets by far. We won two. They won two. It was tied up at one point. I was freaking out. The other thing is, I had all of this money that I put down on the Nuggets, <laughs> um, and like mm. I went through like the biggest financial crisis of my life, and then I put this money on the Nuggets to win like back in February. So that's like what four or five months before. Yeah. And just out on a whim. So I really needed bet to hit. So it's bigger. <laughs> it was bigger than just like the city of Denver for me. Like it's bigger than just like Colorado getting something. It was more like, Hey, I got to pay rent. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you could tell I was stressed for sure. I was going, Oh through. yeah. I was going so to all our young to all our young listeners, if you ever find yourself in a tough financial situation, just put a ton of money <laughs> on a long shot. Do not. I want to be clear that we're joking, that. but it, we are <laughs> glad that it worked joking. out for that in this case. I wouldn't say it was a long shot bet either, because like I knew once it was about halfway through the season, I was like the Nuggets are playing better than they've 
played in the past like four seasons and they've been good in the past four seasons. So I was like, if it doesn't happen this year, I don't know what year it's going to be. So I kind of just was like, I'm shooting it now. I, look, I totally get it. I had free money to bet with from when New York City did its whole legalizing gambling yeah. thing. So I had money to play with. And just early on in October, I was like, I'm going to throw on five bucks on the Nuggets to win. And that netted me $85. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, man, 85 bucks is 85 bucks. So. I'll take it for just five bucks of like, what if the Nuggets exactly. win? Ooh, they look exactly. good. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, that is super cool. Now, you were at the parade itself. Yes, I was. What, what was it like? How much fun was it? Was the city electric for it? How was it all? Dude, it was insane. So the mayor got on stage and said something about a million people being there, which mm-hmm. kind of blew my mind. I was like, there's no way there's a million people. And then I saw that it was somewhere between 750,000 and a million Nuggets fans showed up that day. And it, that's so cool. the part that blew my mind. And the coolest part of the parade was they did like all the intros. So they, well, they did the actual parade and then they get to the civic center in Cap Hill and they like introduce all the players and the staff and they introduced Jokic last. And all the dude said was from Zambia, Serbia. And then every single person Mm. there started chanting MVP at the same time. (laughs) And it was like the most electric feeling in the world. Just a million people riding that dude's dick, dude. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it was. That's really what it was. You know, I think that's the most eloquent way anybody could have said it. I think uh, I, I get it. I mean, it's exactly what it was. People were drunk. They had a rave before, like, the parade. And so people were, like, taking drugs at, like, 8 in the oh morning. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like... I mean, I it is Colorado. It, I feel like Colorado is that kind was, of vibe. It was very Denver. I'll say that. Yeah. Was, there were people that showed up just for the rave and then just left. And I was like, you just got a free concert at 9 in the morning. Like, good for you. But <laughs> was it on a weekday or a weekend? It was Thursday. Yeah. It was Thursday morning. Wow. Yeah. Look, that's one way to start your day. I've been fortunate enough. I was lucky enough to attend one championship parade. I happened to be living and working in Oakland, that first Warriors win of the dynasty, back when it was still cool to root for them and not feel like a terrible person. (laughs) And the Knicks were actively tanking, so I was invested. I went to a bunch of games, and I was lucky enough to go because I was an engineer, and I switched from day shifts to night shifts that day and it was on a friday morning and i got to go my boss was like brought me in the office thursday he's like mike i'm really sorry like somebody's got to work the night shifts and you know i think it just makes the most sense for you and i was like oh yeah yeah knowing full well i was like fuck yeah dude i get to go to the championship parade (laughs) i had to i had to switch all my shifts around dude but i told my manager i was like listen i couldn't afford any of the finals games so like i have to go to this one and yeah. the funny part is a million people called off of work that day. Right. <laughs> so. I mean, that's, you gotta, I wonder what like the economics of Denver were like, like, was there a dip? Cause that's a ton of people. I mean, you think of like the stadium, they host like what? 20,000 people max in that arena. Yeah. I want to say probably a little bit North of that, like 25, 30 ish, maybe. Right. Yeah. So if you're getting a million people to celebrate, that just shows you how much the city loves it. And that's, the Nuggets first championship ever did you get emotional were you you know tear streaming down oh yeah so my original plan was to request every single night off for the finals because I wanted to watch them but then I got scheduled game five and I was closing that night so I turned it on the tv at work and I remember the game ended like right at nine and we leave work at nine so then I just told everybody else, I was like, hey, you guys can go, but I'm just going to stick around for a little bit. And as soon as everybody left, like I started tearing up a little bit. I was just like, it happened, man. It happened. It was a crazy feeling. It's like it was hard to believe that it happened. Also, knowingly, I knew it was going to happen. You know what I mean? Because I was like, like I said earlier, like it was the it's the best team the Nuggets have seen ever. Like with Jamal Murray. Jokic literally even like the bench players came in clutch like it's just a great team so I knew it was going to happen but when like the final horn buzzed and it was just it was surreal just like knowing that I've waited since 03 (laughs) for this to happen was there any part of you during the series that was nervous like after the heat one game two were you concerned at all or not really no I definitely got nervous especially after seeing the heats whole run through the playoffs they just beat the crap out of everybody and whether it was a comeback or whether it was just them playing team ball too, it was just like, yeah, once they won, it was the second game they won, right? Mm-hmm. Once they won yeah. the second game, it was tied up. I was like, 
we got to be on our shit when we go to Miami. We got to, especially leaving home too. I think people forget about that too. Like home court advantage is such a big deal, especially when it comes to playoffs. And I think that's also what made the Nuggets so good is they tried harder than every other team in the regular season to actually like get that in the West so they could have that advantage in the playoffs. Like you don't see that a lot. It is a bigger advantage for Denver than any other team, arguably, right? Like, I think you and I were talking about the fact that in going to games for as long as you have, like, you've barely seen the Nuggets lose at home, even in seasons when they're not that good. Like, they always have a really good home record because of the altitude. And Yeah. yeah. I think Miami, when they beat them in the finals, was the only team that did beat them in Denver. Yes. This playoff playoff run, they were the only team to win a game in Denver the whole playoff run, which is wild. Which also scared me like crazy because they did that. And I was like, nobody's done this yet. This is scary. (laughs) That's always the worst. Any sort of sport. They do this in baseball a lot to get a baseball reference in. But it's always like the Yankees are pitching my favorite team. And it's like batters are 0 and (laughs) 6,000 against this guy on Tuesdays in September. And then the guy hits a grand slam. Like, it's always that. So, yeah, they're always like, he broke the curse. What? <laughs> so at the parade, like where were you exactly? Like, could you see anything? Were you so far away that you're like looking at a monitor or something? So we got there. I actually didn't watch the actual parade at all. We went straight to the Civic Center where they were going to do the speeches and stuff. Right. We wanted a good spot. We got there at 830 and they didn't get on stage till 12. <laughs> so okay. we were there early. pretty early, but people were like camping out. So we still weren't like in the front at all. We were kind of like mid-middle and literally in like the middle of everybody. Like we weren't close to the side or anything. We were just in the middle of everybody. And to be honest, it kind of sucked for a while because we were just standing there. It was supposed to rain, so we bundled up. And then it was just bright, sunny skies. So everybody was just sweating their ass off. And then you you pack a million people into that place. People are pushing and shoving. There's no air going around. So people were like throwing up from heat exhaustion at some points and like having to leave like where they were. And whenever they left, I was like, they're not getting back in here. So I just I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, hey, we can't move for like four hours. We have to stay right here. But it was a pretty good spot. You could see the players. They were very miniature. (laughs) there was a billboard like in plain sight or like a screen that we could see them on yeah so we we just watched on there but and people must have gone bonkers when Jokic said the thing about like yeah i'm glad i'm at the parade or whatever he said yeah (laughs) Yeah, dude people started throwing beer and champagne everywhere i'm (laughs) like dude it's funny because i had to go to work after that (laughs) people are drinking (laughs) and doing all these drugs yeah and i'm like hey i gotta show up to work like I told my manager, too, I was like, if I show up a little bit tipsy, you can't be upset. Okay. (laughs) The Nuggets just won for the first time in 47 years. But it was Uh the energy there was just insane. I'm glad it was a nice day and that it wasn't raining because it would have kind of sucked for everybody else. But well, it's Denver. So like it could have been beautiful or it could have been snowing. So you never never know. I saw footage of Red Rocks the other day where it was like hailing golf balls. Yeah, dude. It's very strange. And we've been getting so much rain, too. So it's kind of like a perfect day for that to happen, for the parade to yeah. happen. Like, there was no rain or anything. It was just beautiful all day. I'm so. glad it wasn't just me, because I felt like it was weird when I came out for that weekend and it rained every single day. I was like, this is not <laughs> how I remember Denver being. But Not at all, um, man. I don't know what's happening. Global warming, it's got to be real. I don't know. I think so. Now, or I don't know if there's any other nuggets, tidbits you want to share, but in the spirit of this show, which is like, it's about basketball, but kind of amorphously, that I'm going to put you on the spot. I need you to tell the people about the uh, the mixtape you put out when you were in high school. <laughs> the Hoops mixtape. <laughs> the Hoops mixtape. Man, okay. <laughs> I did not think that was going to blow up like it did. So I was terrible at basketball in high school. <laughs> I was like god-awful. Like the kid that sits on the bench. You're still on the team. You couldn't have been that bad. I was just an energy guy. And then I put this whole video together because I thought it'd be funny just for me and my friends. And it was just a bunch of clips of me sitting on the bench celebrating and then like me going in the game, (laughs) just being God awful, just being bad. And then I posted it on Twitter and then I woke up the next morning and it had like 3000 retweets on it. And I was like, there were like D three colleges retweeting it. I was like, I'm actually going to get an offer out of this. Like that's, (laughs) that's crazy. But yeah, I I ended up going viral for how bad I was at basketball. (laughs) Yeah. He got a free ride to be a statistician. Did it, did an offer come in? Did anyone email you? Because I was just like, by nature of being on a high school basketball team, 
I and everyone else on the team, we got emails from, what, what is it? Is it Cal, either Caltech or Cal Poly? Some like basketball team where they like set the record for most games lost consecutively. <laughs> like they're uh, the, at the time when they emailed me, they were like, oh, and 96 or something. But they should it have was something worth... me if they wanted to keep that record. <laughs> that got an offer to play 2K at University of Phoenix online. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, just a community college in Phoenix, but <laughs> they didn't even have a basketball team. No, I mean, there were, like, schools that followed me after that, but nobody ever, like, reached out and said anything. That was it. Well, we'll definitely be sharing that video because I enjoyed Mm -hmm. it quite a bit. Please do. It's not HD, but that makes it even better. It's on Twitter somewhere. Well, it's funny because it's a thing now where, like, if you're a good bench guy, you can be on a team. You can be on the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. Like, Udonis Haslam, you're just a good locker room presence. You need an energy guy. You Yeah, you bring the people. People get pissed off because they're missing shots or something. You'd be like, hey, man, you want some Skittles? Because that's all I'm doing on the bench right now. It's just (laughs) eating these Skittles. There's actually a clip of me in the video eating Skittles, too. (laughs) Yes. Hell yeah. I mean, like, Kent Bazemore kind of set the tone for that for the Warriors in the mid-2010s, where it was like, he was the first, like, towel-waving hype guy. And then it became a thing where, like, now you have Theo Pinson, who was on the Knicks, and now the Mavericks. Like, you have these good energy guys where a team's like, yeah, we have 15 people on the team. Why not have one of these guys just, like, be fun and a good sport and, like, calm people down when they get Angry. I know Theo Pinson is an energy guy because I've never heard that name in my life. <laughs> That's how I know he's an energy guy. Listen, we, uh, us Indian or, or half Indian people, we're still waiting for our Jeremy Lin. So I, yeah, I, we I'm are. Dis- I'm disappointed that it wasn't you or me, but it'll happen one day. There was a big guy. There was a big yeah, and the Kings. Oh, Simbular, baby. Yeah, yeah. Is that who I'm thinking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he played. Yeah, he like a ten day or something. I think he. Yeah, he was on the Kings for a little bit, and I think he just won some tournament overseas. As I just saw some highlight where it was like Simbular, whatever league champion. Like he's making it happen, <laughs> just not in the NBA. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean they're doing that everywhere. But he was a big, big man. I think he was like seven to three hundred fifty mm-hmm. pounds or something. Yeah, like that. yeah, it's like yeah. Gigantic I'm thinking person. of the big, big guy. Yeah, yeah. which is yeah, also yeah, yeah. That's him. rare for Indians. So good for him. That's true. That's true. Most of the time they're short and skinny like me. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one insight I did want to know about the parade, because this is always my favorite part of parades. Who was the drunkest and who gave the most incoherent speech when they got up at the podium? Aaron Gordon seemed pretty lit. He was talking about his Modellos. Dude, Coach Mike Malone, baby. I thought it was okay. I'm glad Malone was enjoying it. He was (laughs) on. Do you see that picture of him running up to a little kid and just screaming in his face? I didn't see that. I saw him holding up the big fat chain that he got. And I saw that he got a tattoo of that old school Denver Nuggets minor logo, but he's holding a championship trophy in his hand. He was lit. There were I saw a whole bunch of different videos of him just slamming fireball <laughs> shooters like on the way there. And then he got there and he was just he was slurring. Like you could watch some of the videos back and you're like, that's not coherent. <laughs> that's, he, he was struggling. But then yeah, Aaron Gordon was pretty lit too. He didn't say anything, I think, for that reason. He didn't like give a speech. They made him get up there and he was just like, go nuggets. <laughs> and then just like walked off. <laughs> There's a clip of him being interviewed and the guy's like, is it really like hitting you like that, you know, that you guys want a championship? Yeah. He's like, I'll tell you what's hitting me. These Modellos. These Modellos, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. KCP was pretty oh. turned up. I think Jokic had to be a little bit, a little bit drunk because. Oh, he was smiling. Yeah. So he had to. Well, yeah. he dropped two F-bombs, two words apart. And I was like, that's not Jokic. <laughs> that's not <laughs> I so I'm, I'm thinking it was him, but Mike Malone, man, he was just. I love him as a coach too, because he's even mm-hmm. without being drunk, he has the best energy in the world, and he he's yeah. rooting for you. He's a coach that's rooting for you, not like scolding you when you're bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it's yeah, it's good to see him work with the team and stuff too. Yeah, he's such a unique coach. They had the stat up in the finals that he is, I think. One of the only or the most recent example of like a coach who was with the team for eight years before winning a championship. And it's just something that doesn't happen in the NBA now. Like if you don't get the job done in like three or four years, you're out the door. So the fact that he's been a part of the team for so long and now brought them to the promised land, it's incredible. He grew with them for sure, too, Mm -hmm. because even when Jamal and Jokic weren't like good, like when they were rookies or like second year, they were still good, but they weren't where they're at right now. And it's cool to see, because I remember both of them getting drafted and then just seeing like every single year, they're just like climbing the ladder. And the same thing with Coach Malone too. 
Like he's figuring out how to use players in different situations and stuff too. So yeah. I, I, I love the energy in Denver right now. I'm looking forward to the second one next year. I don't want to speak to. I was going to ask, are yeah. you nervous now that you have expectations? Because a lot of ESPN people are like, who's better than the Nuggets? So now is it nerve wracking? It didn't help that like literally maybe like five minutes after they won. Coach Malone was like, we're not satisfied. We need another one. I'm like, bro, let's <laughs> celebrate LeBron, a LeBron, not one, yeah. not two, yeah. not three, not four. So I feel like if we don't win, we're going to get so much shit for that. But I honestly, if we keep the same team, which I think we will, and maybe even add like a couple more like role players or trade out a couple different role players, I see us doing it again. Unless some crazy trade happens like LeBron to Dallas or something. Mm-hmm. I don't see anything else going down that could stop us again but everybody yeah, has to stay healthy too that's the big thing is like right. this is the first year that everybody's been healthy through the whole year and you really got to see see that like pay dividend too you know what i mean like jamal with his knee and then michael porter jr all through the whole year pretty much everybody yeah. was good to go so well i guess the final question is are you going to take your winnings from that big bet and parlay it onto uh betting on one of Jokic's horses <laughs> oh Oh, don't give him ideas, man. <laughs> you made me on to something, dude. I'm going to get into horses. Dude, his horse racing's weird, though. They got like a carriage. You seen it? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not like yeah, regular horse some, racing. Yeah, someone sits behind. It's like Ben-Hur yeah, or It's something. like a wheeled yeah. thing that yeah, drags yeah. the person instead of jockeying yeah, them around. They go pretty slow. Jokic would be a terrible jockey. I know his name kind of looks like jockey, but he's too large. Yeah. Other than well, Sumular, I couldn't think of a worse jockey. That's what Ted Alexandro, a New York comic who was on horse many moons ago, mm. he has a joke going around about Jokic where it's like he's treating this title run and championship like it's just his job. And it's this weird thing of like, you know, everyone wishes we could be in the NBA, but we're not seven feet tall. And he's the reverse where like yeah. he's seven feet tall and wishes he was five <laughs> yeah. feet so that he could be a horse jockey. <laughs> Dude, if he wanted to get into horse racing, he would have to be the horse. And that's that <laughs> that wouldn't work out for him. <laughs> Dude, oh it is funny gosh, that you man. bring that up though too. Like I definitely part of the reason I was so excited for them to win was I was like, Jokic is gonna show emotion. And then right after, he's like, I want to go home. I feel, <laughs> I, I feel nothing. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, God damn it. Like, I was excited for him to be excited. But, I mean, you're right. It's just a job to him that he makes millions of dollars at. <laughs> yeah. Mike Malone is emotional enough for the both of them. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, that's the thing of like Jokic just even being happy at the parade is like leaps yeah. and bounds for him. Like that shows you how much fun he must have had if he and how many it. modalities he must have had. There was one point at True. the parade that like fans started swarming the bus that they were on. Like they got around the barricade or something, started swarming the bus. So they literally, you guys saw the pictures. They got him on like an FBI tank, like a SWAT tank. And it was, I didn't see dude, this. it was, it's such a cool video and they probably have a picture of it somewhere too, but it's Jamal Murray, the championship trophy that like the Larry O'Brien, the MVP trophy and Jokic all sitting on like a tank, just like with like a bunch of SWAT guards around him. I'm like, that's the hardest shit I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. So I guarantee you he had fun at that parade. He was like, oh, I got an escort. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Screw my he horses. finally got to feel like he was riding a horse it was just a tank they needed hey. a tank <laughs> that is his horse <laughs> you need a tank to carry him for real but yeah it was crazy next year again <laughs> here we go baby <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. Congratulations again to your championship Denver Nuggets. Is there anything you want to promote to the people? Where can they find you and slash or this video of your incredible basketball highlights of sitting on the bench, <laughs> etc.? You can find the basketball video on Twitter. My handle's Thadpool, like Tadpole, but with an H because it's cute. Um, and then I'm most active on Instagram. I post clips of stand-up every now and then. I'm a big golfer. I'm posting golfing Ooh. clips now. It's still bad, but... You can catch me there. If you're in Colorado, come see a live show, please. I need to get paid. There you have it. <laughs> Thank All you guys right. so Thanks much for that. having me. Thank yeah, you guys. Of course, man. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Four Sources, hosted by Adam Amwala and Mike Schubert. Our editor is Kensei Suramaki. The website is by Kelly Schubert. The social media is by both of the Horse Boys. The art is by Allison Wakeman, and the music is by Patino Campamanes. Thank you to our producer-level patrons, Polly Burge, Kendra Hadley, Salvatore Testa, Trust the Process, Siobhan Ellsbury, Don't Go Chasing Taco Falls, Bang, Bang, Roast Beef Debris, How About Them, World Champion Denver Steamed Nuggets, Anna Reed, Steph Curvy for three. Oh, that was there were some curves to that. Literal curve. I'm gonna read this through the sirens. We're going for it. Hi Trish, Nicole Arsenault, Stubby Boardman gets paid, Chase Underulo, Mr. Bubbles plays ball, Naked Rachel, and Sydney Crosby is a vampire. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Horse Hoops and on Twitter at horse underscore hoops because Horse Hoops tried to block the bus that the Nuggets were on and uh, do they that. got in trouble. Shouldn't do that. that. Here mm-hmm. comes the tank. Here comes the tank. Look what you made me do. Mm-hmm. Go to our website, mm-hmm. horsehoops.com for links to some of the fun stuff we talked about today, including Thad's undeniable high school basketball mixtape. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the Horse Boys, you can do so in a couple different ways. You can go to patreon.com slash horsehoops. You'll get access to bonus content, such as those additional full core press news related ramblings that I talked about. Then you can also go to horsehoops.com slash merch. You can get stuff nerds, shirts, or digital items and such. And uh, just tell someone about the show. That's always a really good way to support us if you want to help us in a non-monetary way. Word of mouth helps a lot. But we're going to conclude this episode by putting our hands in the middle and saying something on the count of three. What are we feeling, Mr. Amawala? That's a good question. Uh, You got anything? I think now the NBA, like, good off-season stuff is over. Like, the draft is done and the lottery's done. Now we're getting into, like, time when we should pay attention to the WNBA the most. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a go W on three so that we all can now fully embrace like there's no basketball to worry about except for women's basketball. Let's watch it. That sounds good. Speaking of which, as we record this now uh, at the end of June, you know the Storm are playing at the Barclay Center a week from Saturday. I don't know if you're going. I don't know. I'll have to look at the schedule, but that's quite tempting. Look it up. Look it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, still going to go to a game with my mom. That is going to happen. Let's do it. All right. Go W on three. One, two, three. Go, go W! The league, Ooh, not not the right. former president, for sure. <laughs> Your God, yes. <laughs> With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.